What's going on, Fight Fans? My name is Clifford Red Dog Miller, as always, and I've got my ho- my co-host with me, and his name is... Anthony Lujan, but you can call me Lou. That's right, guys. Right now, Lou and I are going to be here to break down the big bossy matches that went down last night. We're also going to talk about John Jones as well, and you know, obviously making news again. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the new UFC card that's coming up on September 2nd. So let's break down what we have going on. Anthony, let's talk about this fight because, you know, you took Steve Cunningham, I took Andrew Tapiti. How did you feel about that fight? I thought that Andrew uh, turned it on late, and uh, he also hugged a lot, too. And Steve Cunningham, just you could see it in his eyes. You can see it in his body language. He was getting frustrated with the guy. He was punching him, or he was pushing him off when he was trying to clinch. And at one point, when the referee was trying to, trying to separate them, he threw a punch. And, uh, yeah, I think I think the judges got that one right. Um, I didn't like how the score was, but the decision was correct, I I believe. Yeah, I agree, too, man. Tabidi came out. Uh, he did look kind of sluggish at first. He didn't look like he was really all into the fight as much as he should have been. But as time wore on into the matchup, like you kind of saw more and more that it was going that Tweedy started taking control, and it was a good win for him. He uh, he definitely deserved it. You know, I have to agree. It was uh, definitely a unanimous decision. I thought Tweedy definitely did enough to earn. You know, there's a few rounds in there where he was landing a couple multiple body shots and. You know, Steve really never had a real answer for him, and I think ultimately that's what cost him this victory. And, you know, he can be mad at anybody else in the whole entire world, but ultimately, uh, you know, his shocked value face, he's trying to act like he he thought he won the fight. But, I mean, like you said, you know, the judge has got it right mm-hmm. in that card. So, uh, I think he did. I think, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, I think the Steve Cunningham was shocked. I mean, he did. He, I thought he pressured more, but um, but but if you look at the punches thrown, the punches landed, and uh, and round by round, um, uh, Andrew Tabidi won that fight. Uh, not a bad showing by that fort by by Steve Cunningham, who was 41 years old, getting that box, getting back in the boxing ring. So uh, my hats off to Steve Cunningham for that. No, man, it was definitely a great showing from him. It was definitely, it was, it was, it was a good fight, you know, just Steve, you know, obviously got, he, he worked hard in that fight. You could tell he he was putting a lot into it and it just, you know, it just didn't work out for him. And Andrew came out firing on all cylinders and ultimately got the decision and that was good for him. So let's move on, man, because our favorite fighter showed up last night, Bodak Jack versus Nathan Cleverly. I thought Bodak showed off a lot of great skill especially for being an older boxer. He came in, he settled it down, he settled down Nathan, he got him in the ropes, kind of just leveled him out with body shots, and ultimately the ref had to come in and save Nathan because Nathan wasn't really doing much to defend himself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> Bodu Jack came out and just showed his power, showed how fast he could be, and uh, Nathan Cleverly wasn't ready for that, and I think... Nathan Cavalier's had some opponents who are a little bit more sluggish than uh, his opponent from last night, and Bodu Jack came out ready to take that title, and that's what he did. Yeah, I find it interesting too, man, because Nathan, like, he's younger. You would think that he'd be a little bit more hungrier for that title, and maybe just having that belt, like, ultimately was just kind of his downfall because he just did not look like he was ready for anything. 
like in that in that fight with uh, Bodak, and Bodak was like he was ready to take everything. So it was definitely interesting to see, especially that matchup, because I just felt I just felt like Nathan. I don't know, his heart wasn't in it. But... Yeah, definitely, I completely agree with you. Like from the start to the beginning, it did not look like Nathan was wanting to be there, or didn't feel like he had enough to to do any kind of damage to uh, Bodu Jack on that. No, definitely not, man. So let's move on to this next fight, man. It's kind of the controversial one, Francisco Forseca versus Javonta Davis. Now, before we ever start talking about the fight, man, we have to address the weirdest thing that we saw in the whole night, and that would be the fact that, you know, I kind of felt like Javonta Davis on his outro or his intro, like coming into the ring, his entrance, he looked like... I don't even want to know, like an Eskimo with like first world problems. Like I, I, I kind of made that joke last night, but he looked like a troll doll. Like, like I just want to call him Branch from now on from Trolls. <laughs> I, I agree with you. He came out just flashy, kind of had that, uh, had that headgear on, that fuzzy headgear. He had fuzzy little things on his feet uh, that were bouncing around. They had to cut those off during the fight. Um, he, even his shorts had fur on him, like. Just, just flashy. Yeah, he um he definitely had had it coming. Uh, but the thing was, man, is that Francisco Francisco was definitely bringing a fight to Javanta. I thought Javanta, uh, he just he didn't look like he was ready for the beginning of that fight. He just kind of came out sluggish, and as the fight as he warmed up in the fight, the, it it got better and better for him. And I definitely think that he uh. He kind of came across showing he was showing some some real good uh, punching power, but in that eighth round it was definitely kind of controversial. Like he said, he hit him with a body shot, and he did. He hit him with a pretty good body shot, and then he said he tried to sell out the um, the head punch, but there was no doubt that he hit him in the back of the head. It was definitely uh, not forgotten about. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where Javanta goes from here. You know, he was expressing about how he wants to win his 130-pound title back because he had to vacate it because he came into the fight weighing two pounds over, which to me as a professional fighter, if that's your job, there should be no reason why you have weight issues. Like, you know that you're supposed to weigh at 130 pounds. No reason for you to go in weighing at 132. Yep, definitely. I uh, I agree with you. I when when you messaged me last night about him missing oil and they stripped him of the title, now it's not a title fight. But it, I, I think it was. I think it ended up being a title fight if uh, Francisco would have won. He, I think they would have given him the title. Um, definitely uh, very controversial with that uh, with that headshot at the back of the head. You know, I, I do understand that they they get into it and. And accidents do happen. I don't think that was an intentional punch in the back of the head, but it still is. You're a professional fighter. You know how to figure out how to stop the punch if you're watching. Yeah, it's definitely crazy that, um, you know, he was just, I don't know. I felt like he had, and it, it might have been the fact that he was training with Floyd and he kind of let his head kind of go in the clouds a little bit because he just didn't look like, the Javonta Davis that uh, that I had seen like highlights of, and even even the announcers made made reference to it too that he just didn't look like Javonta Davis. So it's definitely alarming yeah, to yeah. see. So maybe when he goes to that 135 pound uh, weight bracket, or if he goes if he decides to stay at 130, we can see a little bit more maturity out of him. 
Yeah, definitely. I uh, I saw a lot of uh, flashy out of him too. Like he he at one point did what Connor did did it during the fights too. He put his arms behind his back and said, "Hit me, hit me." And uh, a couple of those shots he uh, he took kind of rocked him. He knew it kind of rocked him, but. Overall, I'm 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 happy with the decision with the ref stopping that fight at when he did like that with the with the ten count. Um, I don't know how much more uh, um, the uh, the fighter uh, Francisco would have made it farther into that round. It looked like he was starting to get hurt immediately and right before that shot. Yeah, he definitely looked like he was struggling. All right, so let's move on, man, because we got to talk about the big fight night. Uh, we got Floyd Money Mayweather versus uh, Conor the Notorious McGregor. So Notorious definitely, uh, I got to be honest, man. As far as uh, an MMA fighter, a mixed martial artist go, going into the boxing world, I was impressed. Uh, and I, I guess I kind of knew because, you know, as a, as a fighter, a professional fighter, like I would expect that to happen. Like he would have to raise his game up. But uh, no, I was definitely impressed with him, man, especially in those first three rounds. I think a lot of, uh, you know, boxing commentators and everything uh, and other people like in the commentating world, I don't think they expected him to come out as well as he did. And, you know, there were, I think a lot of people were expected 10-9 rounds all the way through. But, uh, you know, the first three rounds, Connor definitely had uh, Floyd's number. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> even the first five rounds, I, I, it was very iffy on the score uh i uh looking at looking at the stats here that i got off of uh cbs um in the first five rounds mcgregor landed 51 punches to mayweather's 40 and that's how mayweather is he lets the first three rounds go he gets that timing and uh the next the next six rounds were all just or the next five rounds were all floyd he uh he uh he outstruck connor 130 to 60 round six through ten uh looking at looking and i look up at the judges scorecards uh before the knockout uh it was 87 83 89 82 and 89 81 in favor of uh, floyd before the 10th round knockout and two of those judges gave uh connor an eight in the uh ninth round Well, that would make sense because, you know, Connor was kind of, he, you could definitely tell he got tired and he gassed out and he wasn't ready for the rest of the fight. And that's what kind of, uh, well, I'm ultimately led, led to him, his doom. You know, we knew that, we've known from the MMA world that Connor likes to fight at a pace that his body just can't handle. And he tries and he keeps pushing himself and he pushes him further and further and further. And it doesn't look like it's going to come too. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just something about him, man. And it's, it's cool because, like, in you know, the first three rounds, like I said, man, like, you know, just even judging off a of Bleacher Report, man, where he was throwing 34 punches in the first round, 42 in the second, uh, 39 in the third, and then also we saw 65 in the fourth and 51 in the fifth. Like, McGregor was pushing the tempo, man, but when, you're per- you, when your uh, percentages are less than 30%, it's not a good look, man. You're pretty much swinging at air, and, you know, Mayweather knew that, and as uh, as the fight kind of wore on, you kind of saw Mayweather start taking control. Where it was, you know, he landed 16 in the fourth round, uh, 12 in the five, 27 in the sixth, 21 in the seventh, 20 in the eighth, 42 in the ninth, and then 20 in the 20 in the tenth. 
like, you could just see progressively, like, Mayweather had his timing down. He knew exactly where he wanted to hit, when he wanted to strike, and ultimately got the job done. You know, yeah, and he definitely did. Um, Floyd said that he was going to push, push the tempo and push forward. And, you know, for the most part, yes, when they when Connor got into the clinch, Floyd turned his hip and Connor took his back a couple times, which had us laughing. But uh, when the referee separated him, Floyd was pushing. Floyd was pushing that referee's hand. He's ready to go. Um, so I'll give that I'll give that to Floyd. He, he did say he was gonna he was gonna step forward, and he did. Um, the uh, the punches. So uh, Floyd landed 170 out of 320 for 53 percent, and Connor landed 111 out of 430 for 26 percent. Funny thing is, is uh, Pacquiao when he fought uh, Connor a couple a couple years ago. He threw, he, he landed at 81 of 429 for 19% through 12 rounds. Um, definitely, uh, definitely Connor came out and he impressed me. I really did. I, uh, waiting for those, I was, I was waiting for a super big shot to rock Floyd and he really never really had Floyd rocked and Floyd just let him tire himself out and the later rounds, Floyd, like you said, turned it up and ultimately got the stoppage. You know what, though? Like, interesting enough, you said, like, Floyd was never really rocked. And I don't know that to be true. So I definitely think in the first round when uh, that counter uppercut that came through, like, that was a huge, huge marking for Connor right at the start. And I think in the eighth round, or it was the eighth or ninth round where uh, Connor hit him with a big body blow. And, like, the ref got in the middle and kind of let, um, you know, they are they kind of let uh, Mayweather get his air back. And then once Mayweather had his air back, like, that was it. Like, he's like, that's it. I'm going to finish this fight. I need to, and I'm going to. And then he did. He pushed the tempo in and just started taking it right to uh, McGregor. So I found that those two significant punches I thought were really, really huge, at least as far as, like, the fight went. Yeah, I just I, I, I just didn't think that uh, Floyd had any kind of – yeah. Um, any kind of days to him. Like, yeah, those punches, a couple of those punches landed and you could tell, but they really didn't, like, they weren't irking or uh, hurting Floyd to the, to, to the point where Connor, where we thought Connor would. No, you're right, man. And I guess I guess that's the kind of thing that I was, I guess I was looking for more of, like, a, I don't really know, man. It was just crazy. It was just seeing a good fight. Just finally feeling like Connor, and it took like a Connor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather to get boxing talking about again. You know, even though next month we know that Triple G and uh, Canelo are going to be fighting, it kind of took like this fight to make everybody excited about that next fight. You know what I mean? And then yep. even later on this year, we have another big boxing matchup that's going to be going down. I know a lot of my friends are excited about it, but it's just crazy to think that like. We were all like, "Well, is it really gonna? Is it really gonna be that good? Is it? You know, what are we expecting? We know, like, we know Connor's gonna lose, but how bad is the loss gonna be?" And it wasn't until at the tenth round, man, where when once Connor's gloves dropped down, man, he couldn't really pick him up to defend himself. So we all knew that the, you know, the eight ounces took took real. It really pressured him. Really, really damaged him. You know, what I mean, he uh, it hurt his endurance. It hurt. You know, you just you could tell like Connor's speed wasn't there anymore, and he was just he was gonna get pummeled, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I uh, I 
Con- like Connor did say that he was going to come back to the UFC, so I'm excited to kind of see him come back to the uh, to the octagon. But I am telling you right now that if Connor decides to stay with boxing and box a couple more times, I would definitely buy those pay per views to watch him because he was he was exciting. It was it was good to see him push to tempo in those first few rounds, and if he can get his his conditioning right and understand the the boxing world, I think he would be a very very dangerous person in the boxing world. You know what, though? I don't know if I agree with that statement, man. I think he belongs in the octagon. I think he stays in the octagon. I think he fights anybody else, and it's a travesty. I say that with Triple G. I say that with Canelo. I say that with Manny Pacquiao. Like, all those guys are excellent boxers. And Floyd was coming off of a two-year rest. So this being, you know, Mayweather's last fight and at 40 years old being able to beat Conor McGregor, I think you going against Canelo, or I think you going against um, you going against Triple G, he's getting slaughtered because those punches that he was landing, like those little jab punches where he was just like tapping Floyd on the head, it really didn't look like he was doing. He was obviously not doing a lot of damage to him. He was actually in anything. It was irritating Floyd so much to the point where Floyd finally kind of broke out. But guys like Canelo, guys like uh, Triple G, they're going to come back with a lot more force and. If, finish out Connor a lot sooner. So I I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think Connor needs to kinda of go in the boxing world. I think he just stays in MMA, defends his title a couple more times, retire, calls it a career and just I don't know, becomes a coach, manager, you know, a fighting expert, an analyst, something, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. I mean he shoot, he doesn't even have to get back in the octagon right now. He just made a hundred million. True. Very true. So let's move on, man. So that was our kind of our analysis of the fight card. Overall, what did you think of the fight card, actually? Uh, I was actually pretty exciting. I, I was very excited about having to watch boxing again. And um, besides the Andrew Tabidi-Steve Cunningham uh, fight, the other three fights, punches were thrown, KOs, stoppages. So overall, I think that was a good card. Yeah, I think I, I would agree, man. I think as far as the boxing worlds go, I think that was a solid B. I think that was a great job. Those guys looked like they were having a lot of fun in the in the fight. You know what I mean? So I definitely would have to have to agree. I don't know, probably a solid B, B plus. Not gonna say it's A minus worthy. Uh, the three the three championship fights were definitely really good. Well, the one vacated championship fight. Uh, so yeah, overall, man, I might have to agree and, and just just say it was just a solid fight card. So I was definitely impressed with everybody in the in the in the way. Yep, definitely, and I, I agree with you. I would uh, I would put that as a B B plus fight. Um, three three fourths of those fights were Team Mayweather, uh, or Team Money, and uh, I think they did. I think they did a really good job in putting on a good show for everybody that fought that pay per view. Yeah, no, you're definitely right, man. It was definitely really, really good. So let's move on, man. So we're going to talk about this issue that happened this last weekend. We could have no. popped a, a quick a quick podcast about it, but, you know, last week uh, on Get the KL blog, we talked about uh, steroid use in the UFC, and coincidentally, uh, everybody's fan favorite, man, John Jones, gets popped positive for uh, turn turn turbo which was, you know, basically it's just like a 1960s uh, East German drug that was used and uh, as a steroid designed to help athletes 
uh, stay competitive longer without having to burn out as quick. So it's definitely interesting that somebody chose something like that because, you know, back in the 60s, it wasn't detectable until about, you know, right around the mid-80s and 90s, and that's where everybody started getting popped. Uh, so it's definitely interesting to see someone like John Jones try to use something like that and try to slip by. But it'll be it'll be crazy, man. There's a lot of a lot of conspiracies going on right now. But what are your thoughts on John Jones right now getting facing a three up to a three year suspension? I uh, I'm I was devastated. You know, I uh, we talked about this and last week about uh, John Jones being the greatest MMA fighter ever. He doesn't need steroids, and he's to be the greatest fighter to come out of there, best mixed martial artist, and one to get popped for that, that estrogen stopper. Okay, you learned your lesson. You had a bad time down your road. You, you, you come back, you win the title, and now this. Uh, like, I, like, I have to write a, a retraction to my blog because I wrote about John Jones being clean again, and this happens. I feel so bad for DC now. Like, like DC's got to be devastated knowing that what's going on. And I just hope that all of this comes to an end and that B sample shows that John is clean. But if not, I think John Jones needs to step away and call it a career, find something else to do because he should not be welcome back into the octagon. No, and it's funny, man, because, you know, even John, uh, speaking of people who aren't, uh, Dana White, you know, there's an article that came out on the 25th of August that's for an MMA junkie where, you know, Dana White even said it himself, man, that he's not very optimistic about uh, John Jones' B sample. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's pretty much everybody's kind of in shock. They still can't believe what happened. And it's crazy, man. It's like, what do you mean, Jones? Like, you know that you could have, you, you could have beaten DC without it. And that you needed it, you just wanted to sabotage your own career, essentially, is what you ended up doing. And it's rough, man, because, like, he's such a talent. And here he is, like, just doing dumb stuff all over again, again and again and again. He just keeps doing it to himself, and eventually you have to stop feeling feeling pity for him, you know. And someone like DC, you know, I've kind of mentioned this earlier, and earlier this week I was on WNST's uh, 1570 AM over here in Baltimore, and I was asked a question. It was like, what... What do you think happens next with DC? And I said, DC retires. And the one thing that we could definitely see is DC had a huge hole in his game. Huge hole that got exposed when uh, John Jones was fighting him. And we saw it happen. We saw the arm drop, his head lower a little bit, trying to anticipate a body shot, and took one to the chin. And that's ultimately what ended DC's night. And so to come back and say, hey, well, DC can win the belt back and he can defend, sure. Until the next guy comes through and kicks him in the head and ends his night, you know, and he needs to really figure out what he wants to do and then go attack that room because I think for DC, I think just call it a career, man. And I agree with you, man. Where John Jones, maybe John Jones goes into the to the WWE, you know. I've I definitely said that he has excellent mic work as far as like wanting to make people hate him, and he definitely has a lot of heat on him where. He, he can cross over, and people can call him a cheater, and they can do whatever they want. And side note, what what fun would it be, though, to have John Jones, Conor McGregor, uh, Brock Lesnar, and uh, Ronda Rousey 
all come into the to the WWE as a faction. I uh, I wouldn't still wouldn't root for it. I uh, right now the only thing that I that, that's on my mind with this whole story issue is just be be sample. If this if this be mm-hmm. sample comes in positive, I'm a uh, uh, I'm gonna probably lose my mind because John Jones is one of my ultimate top top five fighters ever, and to see this happen again. The first time I did, the first time it happened, I was devastated. I was just like, "Man, I can't believe you're doing this!" And now we got, now we got to watch DC, who did a really good job hold that title, very classy. And they come back, and I'm super stoked. I messaged you right as soon as I found out Jones is coming back. Jones is getting that title back, and for this to happen, if if that be positive, if that comes out, and he serves his three years. And he decides to come back to the octagon. I don't know if I would root for John Jones again. I don't think you root for John Jones again. I think you just you say, "Hey, cool. Is John Jones going to win this fight clean? And if not, what are we really talking about?" You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, his career is kind of washed up, and it's time for him to kind of move on to the next world. And that next world is probably in the WWE, where you know a lot of UFC fighters will start making their kind of transitions. I just, I don't really, um, I don't know, man. It's tough because, you know, I was just like you, man, where I was excited about it. And then as soon as I saw, the, saw it come out saying that he, t- he failed a drug test, like, that was it. I was like, you know what? I don't want to talk about him no more. I don't care. He's done. He's washed. I'm just moving on. And even though he won the fight and he won in convincing fashion, you had everybody believing in you that you were going to be the best. And you're not. You're in fact you're not even close to being the best anymore. Yep, I agree with you. I uh, you you as you as an, as a, a the best in the world at what you do. We felt that he turned a new leaf and he fixed his life. And to find out that that was all a lie, we just all of us are shocked. And that's just a wrap. Like. Your your career's done. Your career in the UFC means nothing now. The fights that you get in the future, if you get a future, are all just gonna be questioned. Everything's gonna be questioned from you from now on. Uh, the future in the WWE, I I wouldn't mind seeing in the WWE. Maybe go to acting, but he's got to figure out what he's got to do in his life, and he needs to fix it. Yeah, well, I mean, I just I like I said, I think John Jones is done. You know, still right now on the mobile website for UFC.com, uh, John Jones is ranked number one. He's still ranked number one, and I don't think that's true anymore, man. I think he, he falls off that top ten. Demetrius Johnson goes back to being the number one guy, and I, I've said it all along. I said it last last week when we talked about this. That I don't feel John Jones is deserving of that pound-for-pound title, and obviously, you know, come Wednesday, we found out why. And there's a lot of different things going on, and... You know, if if he's going to go out and he's going to make a, a new career, he needs to do it soon. You know, he's still, what, 30 years old, 31 years old, so he can still kind of salvage himself in the, uh, you know, like I said, in a, not in the MMA world, clearly, but in, like, you know, like the wrestling world, whether it's like Ring of Honor or GV, uh, GFW or TNA, whatever they call it now, and then uh, and, or the WWE, you know what I mean? He's got a lot of... He's got a lot of heat that he can bring with him, and him and Shell Sonnen and Conor McGregor and 
Ronda Rousey and whoever else wants to come across, and they can do a like fighters versus wrestlers kind of story angle. But ultimately, John Jones, he, that's the direction he needs to go. I agree with you, that. So enough of the pity party of him, because you know what? Like we could talk for hours about John Jones and how much we're just he kind of slapped everybody in the face of America, just not even America, in the world of MMA. Uh, let's move on, man, because we do have a huge fight card coming up on September 2nd. Uh, we're going to have a fight night with uh, Volkov versus Struve. So Stefan's getting back in the ring, which is going to be fun to watch. Uh, oddly enough, we talked about this, too, where Stefan Struve, man, has victory over uh, Stipe Mikovic, man. Or if Struve wins this fight, do you think he fights Stipe next? No, absolutely not. Um, Stefan Struve is on a three... Or uh, three, two. He's on a two-fight win streak, and he's won the last three of the four. Um, I don't think he gets. A, I don't think he gets a title fight if he beats a Alexander Volkov, who, who's pretty much a. Uh, I don't want to say nobody, but a nobody. Like the the his uh, Alexander Volkov's last win was a uh, a decision win against an older Rory Nelson, and a split decision win against Timothy Johnson. Um, I think that uh, Stefan Struve is probably two wins away from even getting a, even being mentioned in a title fight with with uh, Stipe Miocic at all right now. Well, I mean, let's be real, though. Like, So the guys that he has lost to are big-name guys. So Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem, uh, maybe not Jared Rochot as much. But he does have wins over Stipe, Antonio Noguera, uh, and Antonio Silva, as well as um, he's got uh, Daniel as well uh, with that Darce choke over in England back in uh, October. So I don't know, man. I think Struve kind of sets himself up. If he wins this fight, you give him a third. He gets that third fight. I think you definitely have to kind of throw him at least in the conversation with the aspect that you know he has beaten Stipe before. I can't do it again. I, I don't know. I don't know how to be if that a real deal. But I definitely think he should definitely at least get the idea that he can be out there and fight. So, uh, I, I mean, that's definitely something. I I just, you know, the, you do some names out there that, that he's lost to. And the Alistair Overeem, the, uh, the who, who else did he beat, did you say? Oh, he got beat by Mark Hunt. Oh yeah, and Mark and Mark Hunt. The, the, those those fighters, I think he would have to go back and get at least get one of those guys and get a win before overstepping those two right now. Um, Mark Mark Hunt on a tear right now. He's got it. He's got nothing on his mind but revenge after what happened with Brock Lesnar and everything else. And you got Elsa Irving, who's always a title worthy contender. Uh, even though he's on steroids, he's been clean for. For a while now, and uh, I just think that Stefan Struve, if he's gonna if he's gonna win, uh, if he's gonna get a title fight, that's got to be over somebody that's above him right now, not somebody below him. And uh, I just think that uh, this fight, this fight's a great fight. I'm, I'm I'm excited about it, but I don't think this fight sets him up for any title contention right now. Well, I valid, uh, you know, you you're valid, man. There's valid points, and I. You know, I mean, I I agree with you to an extent. I just think that, you know, if you see a hot fighter starting to get hot, man, you definitely should consider on throwing them into that 
to that fire cage and see whether they burn or they go out. So I think Stipe is ready to kind of churn out another fighter, and I definitely think that that would be interesting to see. Just nonetheless, is another Stipe versus uh, Stefan matchup. So the next fight on that fight card, though, was Marion uh, Renault versus uh, Jermaine Derodomy, but uh, Derodomy pulled out of this card as well due to uh, she's citing an injury that she had. Um, so the promotions are still looking for a replacement for uh, for uh, Marion, but it's not looking good, at least in the bantamweight dis- division. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on that fight card. And then we got the kid from Maryland, man, that's going to be fighting on the fight card too. Uh, he's born out of Kabul, Afghanistan. He is definitely uh, living over here in Maryland now. Uh, you know, uh, you're talking about uh, Sayer. Sayer, uh, was it uh, Badarazada? Uh, he's definitely yep. going to be uh, showing up. It's cool to see him, too, that he's going to be in. in uh, last win against Brandon Thatch. Previous to that, lost to John Howard, lost to Don Kong Kim. Uh, but he has a win over Paulo Tiago, which is definitely a huge huge feather in your cap, so you cannot uh, divert that away. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So, what do you think about that fight right there, man? Uh, Sayer versus Rob Wilkinson. I, uh, I'm excited to see what, what happens with that one. Um, that, his opponent, Abu, is there, there's not much on the USC.com website about him. He's 13-1, and one, and then you got uh, Sayer, who's 22-6, and six. Uh, I'm excited to see what this guy is about. I uh, looking at his fight history, like you said, he got a win over Brandon Thatch, who's who's not who's not a who's not a slump. Uh, I think he's uh, I think Brandon Thatch is, is is a tough competitor. So I'm excited to see what this guy does in the ring. You know, one of the, one of the places that um that he trains out of, right? So, Sayer, one of the places that he trains out of is actually uh, Black Zillions, which is definitely huge because they've had a lot of uh, a lot of big-name fighters come through their network. So, you know, Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort, Eddie Alvarez, uh, Miguel Toro, Torres, if you remember him. Um, they all fight at that fight camp out of Florida, man. So, definitely interesting to see. Definitely want to see what um, Sayer is going to bring to the table because it could be huge. So, I definitely... Um, I don't know, I kind of want to see him showcase what he's got. So I definitely have to lean a little bit on Sayer's side when I when this comes up. So the next fight that we're definitely going to have is uh, Leon Edwards and Brian uh, Bar- Barbarena. So yep. uh, what what are you looking at with this fight, man, and what are you thinking is going to go down? All right, so uh, Leon Rocky Edwards, the Jamaican. Uh, I've seen a couple of his fights. I... Uh, Trying to, trying to remember a couple of the fights that he just had uh, wins over uh, Ken, uh, Albert Tominov and he also Vincent Lick, uh, or Luck, sorry, and uh, Dominic Waters. I think that uh, this guy can can uh, throw some good strikes and show what he has. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this fight. Um, I really don't know too much about his opponent. I've never really dived into uh of the, the of Bam Bam, um Brian uh Barbana. But look at looking at their stats, I mean it shows that uh uh 
Leon gets 1.36 uh, takedown average, um, and uh, his, his, his accuracy is a little bit down. It's about 27.5%. Uh, he's got to get defense, 66% takedown defense. Um, his striking, 2.17 per minute compared to uh, Bam Bam's, who is 5.31. I think this could be a slugfest. I think it's going to be quick. I think it's going to be fast-paced. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this fight, actually. So, interesting enough, right? I think I'm going to have to pull from Brian on this fight. Um, Leon is definitely a good talent. He definitely has uh, a lot of good uh, mixed martial arts into him. And by that mean, he's a great striker. He definitely has a great ground game. He's definitely won from a submission move. But looking over at um, Brian's fights, right, he has beaten Sage Northcutt, and we all know about, you know, Sage is definitely a tough opponent. He's not a slouch by any means. He got caught in an arm. He caught him in an arm triangle choke and tapped him out in third, in the second round. Um, and then the other big one too is this TKO over Joe Ellenberger, which um, it's not Jake, but Joe is definitely the little bro- uh, the twin of uh, of big of Jake Ellenberger. So seeing Joe Ellenberger, you know. Get beat by him. It's kind of a big deal because Joe. I think that probably was the fight that ended ended Joe's nights actually, because I don't. I think if I remember right, he uh, he actually detached his red nut in that fight, and that's what ended up uh, cost him his career. Uh, but no, so definitely I'm gonna pull for Brian in this fight because I definitely I like the aspect that he's gonna be the guy. So I think I think we're looking for Brian to kind of pull the big win. Um. Uh, what else do you want to talk about, man? Because there's a couple other fights in here that kind of hit in, but nothing really too big that's going to stand out. I think this is going to be a good fight card. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it's going to be amazing. I agree with you. I, I think this is one of those fight cards that just it's just a filler to get to the Demetrius Johnson's next fight. And uh, it, and now that uh, now that you brought that up, I, I did not see that that Jermaine pulled out, and which kind of makes it a Almost a boring card. I mean, UFC is always going to be fun. These no-namers come out and throw. So I think it'll be a good card either way. It's going to be an exciting night. But nothing really to talk about on that. Let's move on to Ronda Rousey getting married yesterday, man. So for some of you guys that don't know, uh, yesterday during the, the boxing event, Ronda Rousey, did tie the knot to Travis Brown, so she's officially Ronda Brown now instead of Ronda Rousey, or is she going to go with Ronda Rousey hyphen Brown? Um, I think regardless of that, she definitely got married. So huge, huge congratulations to Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, uh, many alohas go out to you. So I hope that you, um, if you do end up ever hearing this message, you know, we 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 throw you the best and we hope hope for the best for you. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm saddened that, that she got married, but happy that she got married. Travis Brown's a good guy, and hopefully we get to see him back in the octagon. I uh, I uh, I'm for sure that they did not invite Derek Lewis to that to that wedding, but uh, definitely congratulations out there out there. Um, I I I just think it's one of those marriages that she's not going to change her last name, and he's not going to change his last name. I think that's going to be she's Ronda Rousey, and he's Travis Brown. No, you definitely have a solid point there, man. It definitely, they, you know, two big, 
big, big, uh, I don't want to say egos, but two big individuals in their fight world, and they, you know, they definitely have their own brands cut out for them. So it's probably something that you're right. It's probably going to end up being, being, you know, Ronda Rousey and, uh, you know, and Travis. Well, Travis is going to change his name. You know, it's, it's just Travis being Travis. So, no, it was definitely good for them. Like I said, big congratulations to those guys. It was definitely huge, um, huge, huge uh, news that kind of seemed to slide under the radar a little bit. It wasn't. Re- it was really Dana that kind of brought it up. And he even said himself, right, that Ronda hasn't officially retired yet. So it's kind of interesting that she hasn't retired yet. We've seen her husband in the ring a couple, in the octagon a couple times. So there could be a small possibility that we might see Ronda coming back to the octagon. Yep, definitely. I'd, I'd, I would love to see her back in there. And if not, I tip my hat off to her and her career that she's dead, that she's done. Um, not dead, done. And uh, even if she's done, she's got her acting. She can go to the WWE. She's got endless opportunities with what she's done for women's combat sports. So hats off to both Travis and Rhonda. Congratulations. Yeah, so interesting enough, though, man, I don't know if, you, if you've been following the WWE, but Ronda popped up at an event at the WWE with three other MMA fighters, because apparently one of the MMA fighters who's in the Octagon, or in the, the Mae Young Tournament was a former fighter. Um across the other side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And across the other side of the ring, uh, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey and Becky Lynch were in the crowd, and uh, I guess tensions got heated between the two of them. So it was like the four horsemen versus, or the four horsewomen versus the four MMA horsewomen uh, in the middle of the of the big action going on. And I guess the crowds were taking film and stuff. Said that we got pretty cool, like to see the three girls egging on the other uh, other four, and then eventually, you know. There's big matchups going back and forth, so maybe the WWE can play on something like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, getting getting out there and just, just to watch the May Young thing, and uh, and and we got a fighter out there that's in that in that May Young thing with uh, Shayna Baszler. She was in the UFC. She had a bad stint in UFC, but she had an amazing career. And uh, now now you got now you got her kind of entering that WWE fandom. Are we going to see that Ronda Rousey getting into that ring, or is going to, or is she just going to make a few uh, public uh, views? Well, so from rumors have it, right, and it's kind of funny that we're talking about MMA, well, WWE on the MMA network, but um, it's rumored that she's been training recently with Brian uh, Kendrick, and that's the reason why we don't see Brian Kendrick on TV right now as far as 205 goes. He's been training Ronda on how to take bumps, how to throw hip tosses, how to do real lands. So it's looking like Ronda could definitely be coming into the WWE soon. Which would be very cool. I would love it. Yeah, no, no doubt. It would definitely be fun to see and see her kind of move mm-hmm. on to the next aspect of her life. So... As always, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to the conclusion of our show. We do we do end our uh, show the same way every time. Uh, we just bring up suicide awareness among our men, our men and women of the military service. We support you guys. We love you guys, 100%. We are here for you guys. We go out. We put our Instagram, our Twitter, our Snapchat, 
we reach out for you guys because we want you guys to know that we care and we're here just to listen to you guys. So if you guys ever get a chance, uh, you guys can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, or even uh, Instagram at CM underscore Miller 85. I do represent Team 22 um, as well as Mission 22. And uh, there's a whole slew of uh, support agents that I go out with as far as, MM, uh, as, far as uh, veterans uh, affairs. Yep, definitely. And, and to, to go off of you, uh, our Snapchats are always open. Our Instagrams are always open. Facebook, Twitter, if you ever need us, shout us out. We'll always answer. We are definitely two people that are stay active in that social media. So we'll always answer rapidly when we can. Um, my Instagram is Anthony Lujan1985. My Twitter and Snapchat are A Lujan1985. Um, with that whole veterans thing, I, I, I do stand behind a lot of projects. Uh, I got your six, Mission 22, Hope for Warriors, the USO, the Wounded Warrior Project, Puppies Behind Bars, and the Soldiers Angels. Um, definitely, children, we always touch on this every week. 22 is too many, and uh, we always want to uh, uh, do suicide awareness for our soldiers. And it just uh, it doesn't only just go out to our soldiers. We we want everybody as well. We don't exclude. It just happened to be that you know myself and uh, Anthony. We Anthony is still serving. I've served myself, and we we understand what you guys are going through, and we understand every minute of it. We you know even if we don't know exactly what you're going through, we can empathize. We know those feelings of of what it feels like to either a be lonely or b just try to um, just try to figure out what's wrong with you. You know, and, and there is never anything wrong with you. You know, I had someone tell me today, like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you are the way you are. And if anything, you coming back from a situation that pushed you so far, you are a lot stronger than what you think you are. And we're here for you guys, and we, we love you guys, like we said numerous times. De- definitely, 100%. 24 hours a day, my phone's open. I know Cliff will answer when he can. So with that being said, Yeah, so uh, next week we're going to definitely be talking about uh, – we may be talking about the fights. We'll see what goes on. Uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Perfect. Bang.